Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Are you protected from mayhem? Is Nationwide on your side? Are you in good hands? Don't worry. I'm not trying to save you 15% in just 15 minutes, but I do want to talk to you about insurance. I'm sure that most people listening have some sort of insurance to protect themselves against dangers because they sell it for everything. Crash your car? There's insurance for that. House burn down? There's insurance for that. House flooded? Somehow a different insurance from the house burned down kind of insurance. Break a leg? Insurance. Die? Insurance. Sell someone insurance? You guessed it. Insurance. With all of this, definitely not the last time you will hear this word today, by the way insurance out there, I probably don't have to tell you that the business of selling it is a profitable one. Today, we're going to discuss one of the largest insurance companies to ever have existed in the United States and how through not one, but two scandals, they have become a slightly smaller one of the biggest insurance companies to ever have existed. Today, we talk about American International Group, known commonly as AIG. Damn. Yeah. So, but like insurance has to be one of the most boring things in the world. I think that Jennifer Lopez has her legs insured. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's got like a, what a multi-million dollar policy or something on her legs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, they're fucking nice legs. Yeah. I'm sure Shakira has them on her hips too. She'd ask you, she'd tell you. Yeah. Cause they don't lie. But she won't pay tax on it. She's getting in trouble for tax fraud. Yeah. She's going to prison for eight years. Probably. They Did she wanna, get sentenced? No, uh, right? No, so the they trial just, hasn't even started. No, but the, they were saying that they want to give her eight years. All right, well. Well, maybe it, we'll cover that at the 100%. If Shakira goes to prison, we are definitely covering her tax evasion. That's like 100% going to happen. Hell yeah. So uh, until then, though, welcome back, everybody. White Collars, Red Hands. It's Kashan hanging out. With Nina Kern. And we are back talking about talking about insurance. Just by the way, just so you know, you and everyone at home need to be aware, I was in a funny mood. Not a funny mood, like the jokes in this are going to be funny, but in a weird mood, I guess is a better way to phrase it. So you were just being normal? When, yeah, exactly. But even weirder when I wrote this script. Great. So I wrote it. I've been up, like grad school has been queuing me up late. I wrote this I, as I have been doing everything in just like a caffeine-fueled um his eye is rant. switching right now. Yeah, I don't remember half of what I wrote, so we're just gonna we're gonna well, relive like me, it as, never, as we go through this. If you're like me, you never remember what you write. So, uh, does that only count for all the texts you send drunkenly at night, or is that everything? Everything. Oh, damn! I'm pretty dumb. Man, you don't have to say it out loud. I guess that's true. <laughs> I've also had some brain injuries that I do think made me dumber. Jesus. Oh, we've talked about it. Yeah. Your concussions? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And two rounds of COVID. Yeah. Don't get concussed or COVID. Don't or get COVID time, while everybody. concussed. All good advice. <laughs> All good advice. Um, but if you did do that. You, I, if I had insurance. Yeah, it'd be helpful if you had some insurance. And AIG, 
one of the biggest insurers in American history. Uh, AIG was founded in 1919 by an American businessman, one Cornelius Vanderstar. Wow, that might be the best name we've ever had. I'm about to say, who sounds to me like another David Bowie alter ego. Mm-hmm. It's like you have, uh, what was it, Ziggy Stardust, and then yeah. also Cornelius also Vanderstar. Cornelius Vanderstar. It also sounds like a porn star name. Oh, for sure. Like, he has the thickest stash. Um, did you ever watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? The claymation one? Yes. Yeah. Wasn't it one guy's name Cornelius? Oh, I don't remember. The guy with the red mustache? Oh, the, yeah, the lumberjack guy. Yeah, that's his porn name. Oh, probably. It's funny because I was thinking, I was like, I don't think he did. I saw a picture of Cornelius Vanderstar, but I I imagine with the Mobius mustache, the one that goes like here all the way up into your hair. Was he hot? eh, No, he was a night. He was an early 1900s businessman. You're lucky if he didn't have like syphilis, man. I'm sure he had syphilis. They all All did. And everyone was... You know, everyone was a little fucked up back then, to be honest. It's all the opioid, opium. I don't know. They love to smoke it. Smoke it, eat it, whatever, man. Hell yeah. Uh, But Mr. Vanderstar began as a businessman, began the business, I should say, as a general insurance agency and underwriter in Shanghai, China. So it's it's not even, it's not, it didn't even get started in in America. He's an American businessman in China. He was doing business in China. I don't know. Huh. He got over there and was like, this is the best place to start an underwriting gig. It's in Shanghai. It was, the early, it was the early 1900s. I don't know what anyone's huh. thinking. You Interesting. Know? So he started it there. Uh, quickly, the company expanded to uh, an international insurance expedition that landed the company operations in the United States in New York. Uh, and throughout Latin America, which proved helpful since their business in China did, took a sharp decline during World War II, because there was like this whole war going on there. And eventually, they put the A in AIG, moving their headquarters to New York in 1939. Uh, by the end of the 50s, AIG operated in over 75 countries, all under the guidance of their original founder. So Vanderstar is still there into the 50s from 1919. He, he Damn, he for, was old AF. He held it for a long time. Uh, but in 1968, a new CEO was named after Cornelius ran the company for almost 50 years. Uh, the man landing the job was a World War II veteran with a law degree, now somehow working in insurance, named Maurice Raymond Greenberg. But for some reason, this man goes by Hank. I don't know. Hank is cooler than Maurice. You don't. You don't just. Okay, so like, it, maybe you can just choose a name, but like, Hank is got to be short for something, right? Harold something, Franklin. You can't just Frank and Hank. That makes no sense. Like, just what is Maurice and Raymond? None of those become Hank, right? No, exactly. I don't think so. But Hank Greenberg. Steered the company in a profitable direction by eliminating agents and instead selling their insurance through brokers so they didn't have to pay salaries, just commissions. So the amount of money they paid out to people was directly related to the amount of things that they sold. Ah. So you so in down periods you were no longer losing money on paying salaries to agents. Now that probably has some ethical implications. Yeah. 
we're not going to go into that, but that's what he did. Uh, the company went public in 1984 and continued to expand rapidly throughout the 90s by adding a swath of investments to their portfolio, like a retirement savings company, a company that leased planes uh, to airlines as well, just to, to name a couple. There some weird investments for an insurance company, but whatever. Uh, they also moved into venture capital, spreading their money more and more in the early 2000s while simultaneously buying up or merging with competitors. Through the 90s, they had like this big, big period of growth and expansion all the way into the early 2000s. Uh, but in 2005, however, Hank Greenberg's insurance party was about to go south as that is when the first of our two-parter fraud extravaganza was revealed. Mm. Uh, so this one, I would say, is the is the little brother of the two scandals. But, like, not a cute little brother. I mean, I have a little brother, and he's not cute, so. Yeah, no, this is the little brother that... Is blow- it annoying? Yeah, blows up, like- blows up anthills with firecrackers that are, like, pisses yeah. in your sock drawer. In the early 2000s, after their huge growth in the 90s, uh, the same fate befell AIG as it did with many other rapidly expanding companies. They got so big... So fast that the analysts and AIG themselves set targets that at a point got unsustainable. They wanted to keep making the same amount of growth, but you can't do it forever. No. Uh, They started moving money around their balance sheet to invest it to try and produce larger profits. We've seen it before, you know, like companies, they, they need to keep making more and more money, so they... They take money from things they should be spending on and just invest more of it on riskier and riskier bets. And they did kind of the same thing. Um, The only issue was that AIG moved a lot of this money from something called their reserve accounts, which are an important part of an insurance company. They use their reserve accounts to keep enough cash on hand just in case a bunch of people have to cash in on a policy all at the same time. So if you have a building collapses and everyone inside was insured by AIG, they need to have enough like liquid capital on hand to be able to pay all of those insurance policies out all at the same time. Okay. So, but they were taking a lot of money from that and investing it to try and get their profits higher instead. Okay. And they, it ended up depleting by like $56 million, but that money just sitting around upset CEOs because they either want to Scrooge McDuck swim in it. Or invest it in risky things. And Hank Greenberg wasn't taking any dollar dives. I don't know what you're talking about. They want to like... Who's Scrooge McDuck? You know who Scrooge McDuck is? No! He does that thing. He jumps into the coins and he swims around in the coins. From... From DuckTales, the, the TV oh, show. Oh, wow. I haven't... That's a- Huey, Dewey, and Louie are wards of Scrooge McDuck. They're, oh. they're really frugal, but rich uncle. Yes. And he swims in all of his money. Okay. Vaguely. God damn it. I felt so good about that. I think the <laughs> other people will appreciate that reference. I just, I just don't. I sure hope so. Uh, this move of draining their reserve accounts scared people for very valid reasons however and when they released their quarterly report a lot of very smart people pointed pointed it out that they probably shouldn't be doing this and their stock fell nine percent 
Ooh. That's not that big. I know, but Hank Greenberg laid a fucking brick in his pants. He was so scared. He's like, He just oh. needs to eat more fiber. It wouldn't like, feel like a brick. About 9%. Could you imagine shitting out a brick? Yeah. Your poor butthole. Yeah. I can. It'd be like eating a whole can of nuts. I drank a lot of Mountain Dew and ate a lot of red meat. Oh, wow. In high school. That hurts me. So, yeah. Just thinking about it. So, I can't actually imagine, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> so much roughage. Yeah, thanks for bringing it up. Oh, uh, God. Did your butthole bleed? Is that how you got a hemorrhoid? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's when... <laughs> Hank decided to call a captive friend, the General Reinsurance Company. Is that the the best car insurance rates in town? Old one eight hundred General now. Is it that guy? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, okay. No, the only thing you know about insurance is from daytime television. No, this is the General Reinsurance Company. They. You're right. They insure insurance. No. Remember when in the intro when I said yeah. you sold someone insurance? But then insurance who, that? Oh my god, then this who insures the reinsurance? We're not getting into this <sighs> circular logical regress. We're not doing it. I don't know. Good question. I don't know. The re reinsurance honestly, they insure each other's insurance. I don't know how it works. I don't want to get into it. It's like a tit for tat. I insure you, you insure me. Yes. We're one big family. Yes. A little bit quid pro quo. Ooh. Are we just saying random stuff at this point? Tomato, tomato, vice versa. Yeah, man. Um, ad hoc, propter hoc. All of them. I can't beat that one. I don't know. Great. Um, where am I? Uh, <laughs> general reinsurance oh, yeah, company. The general reinsurance company. And by the way, what, what just a creative name <laughs> for a company? Like... I mean, I, what do you expect from a business that literally insures insurance? But, like, you could have, like, nothing else? Nothing else. The first thing that came to mind, that was the shortest fucking board meeting in history. That's uh, like the Hot Pocket theme song meeting. Hot Pocket. They're like, yes. General, we, yes. We Hot have, Pockets. We have other things to do. So yeah, that yes, works. General Jerry. Reinsurance Company. Yes. That's great. That works. We great job. That. We love it. And, by the way, I said they were a captive friend because... One of Gen Re, which is what they're short into, Gen Re's largest customers was AIG. So they don't want any Taylor Swift level bad blood between them. So they'll do whatever Hank Greenberg asks. Um, if Gen Re, oh, Greenberg asked if Gen Re would transfer them around, eh, I don't know, $250 million uh, to pad their reserve accounts and make Wall Street happy. Uh, and they did. They sent them uh, two hundred and fifty dollars or two hundred fifty million dollars, and they falsely added that amount to their reserve account to show, like, okay, well, it declined fifty nine million last quarter, but we added two hundred and fifty million this quarter. Let's just not note that it was a loan. And then they hit repeat and did it again the next year. The no. same contract they did again next year. Um, for a total of $500 million in padding. And, of course, they had to massage the numbers a bit to make this look legal, because that's not legal. So they disguised this transaction as a reinsurance contract between the two companies, where the premium payment to AIG was the $250 million received, and they were supposed to pay generally like $5 million as for like a fee for doing it, whatever. Uh, the only issue uh, is this. 
Greenberg said he wanted no actual risk associated with the deal, which means it's not a reinsurance contract because that has risk. Um, Genry also put an equal but opposite payment from AIG on their books, which effectively meant no money actually exchanged hands. You're also not supposed to put reinsurance contracts. You're not supposed to list it as that. They should have listed it as a deposit. Hmm. into into AIG, not like a contract, so they didn't get money for it. It was a deposit, so that was like a whole thing. Um, effectively, this meant no money changed hands, and AIG was careful to conduct the transaction to Genry through a foreign subsidiary so it wouldn't be noticed if the transaction wasn't consolidated on their balance sheet at the end of the year. So they did the payment to Genry through a foreign subsidiary and then didn't consolidate it on their books. So it looked like they just got the 250 million in, but that they never okay. paid the 250 million, million back. Okay. So they made it look like they just got the money. Mm, so mm, they, they mm. faked it. It's in, it's accounting fraud after all. Yeah. Just um, like a woman, they faked it. And no one knew. See, it's funny because women can't have orgasms. That's why we fake it. Yeah. So they're all faked. So I don't know who told you. So who cares? Could. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a lie. Just like the Loch Ness monster or the clitoris. Yeah. Uh, uh, there are, some say they're the same. You're that's true. It is a swamp down there. So I was about to, I was thinking the opposite. If you find the Loch Ness monster, you make every woman come out. <laughs> Could you imagine if they found the Loch Ness monster, pulled it out of the river and then every woman in the world just came Great day for half the world's population. Great day for us. So, and then science was proven. There is science. What? <laughs> well, come on! Isn't the Loch Ness monster like by? you know, the Loch Ness monster is animals, and that's science. And then um, orgasms are in clitorises. <laughs> what are you saying right now? <laughs> Anatomy. So it's. Science? Is your argument just everything <laughs> is science? So you can just say science to things? No. Science. It's not. Stop it. <laughs> You're wrong, and I won't expand on that. Uh, it's not very scientific of you, Kishan, to not believe me. Stop it. Uh, AIG also had created a fake paper trail for not this Not very account. scientific. Stop it. AIG had faked a paper trail. To make it look as if Genry had approached them about the deal, because that's how you would have to do it. Like, AIG can't contact them about, like, you want us to reinsure some stuff for you? Like, that's not how it works. That's um, kind of shitty. Yeah, so they faked a whole paper trail. Um, after the SEC caught wind of AIG actually helping another company previous to this create a sham insurance transaction uh, this same year, um, the accounting, uh, the, or the same year that their accounting fraud began, the SEC started an investigation into the financial goings-on at the company. AIG settled this case, this separate case, in 2003, but the pressure was still on. And eventually, AIG restated their earnings down by more than $4 billion for the previous four years in 2005 after they were pressured into an internal investigation. You know, the jig was kind of up. So they were like, that's what all these companies do is once they know it's up, they're like, okay, start an internal investigation because it looks better if we're the ones who find it. So that's what they did. And they were like, oh, something was wrong. Uh, we, oh. Uh, we had 
made an oopsie whoopsie and we said we had four billion dollars more than we had and also that 500 million in our reserves should have been a deposit oh no even smart people make mistakes oops Uh, even scientists can make a mistake our hypothesis was wrong oh my god we came to the conclusion that we were wrong great great as you can see in my uh, scientific paper that i wrote the loch ness monster and its effects on the clitoris uh <laughs> you'll see that uh my loch- hypothesis you'll see that loch ness monster is in fact animal which is science <laughs> uh, and you'll also see that uh clitoris is um on human which means anatomy so thank you for coming to my dissertation presentation and i look forward to to working on this research further you fucking loser <laughs> listen i never won a science fair i can tell i should have made that my science fair project you should not have i think someone would get arrested the only science fair project i ever remembered doing was will yeast affect bread and then i made a bunch of different loaves of bread without yeast and the answer is yes and yeah it, yeah it did i knew the fucking answer i just didn't care about my science nice einstein uh <laughs> Not nine and I, the science guy. After AIG restated their earnings, Greenberg was also ousted from the company after leading them for like 35 years. Um, and AIG was forced to settle the case for a fine of $1.6 billion, and their stock price fell by 22%, which is way more than the 9% that they were trying to avoid in the first place. Hank was probably pretty happy to get out of there at that point, however, because you might have forgotten that this was the little brother. And Big Bro is even meaner and about to make $1.6 billion look like chump change. What? Yeah, it's a lot more money. So they had to pay $1.6 billion back, but oh, man. This next part is... Worse? Yeah, man. How? A lot. Oh, (laughs) So, anyone, uh, you know, this is a little Q&A now, okay? All right. Uh, do you remember what happened in 2008? Obama was elected. Okay. For the second time, yeah. No. Right? No, first that was the time. first one. Yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. You're right, you're right. 2008, 2012, you're right. What else happened that might be more applicable to this show? Um, George W. Bush lost the election. Oh, and he was a two-term president. He was not running in that election. Oh, fuck. John McCain lost the election. Okay. Yes. None of that, though. Um, what I other big, think... what a big event have we talked about that happened in 2008 that we've mentioned multiple times on this show? Um, like if a... If my scientific analyses are correct it would be the housing market the bubble exploded yes it popped the great recession in the in the 2008 housing crisis i don't know i feel like the recession we're going through now is greater i would yet to be seen i don't know i don't remember it all inflating this much before i know we were like 13 i know okay you really felt the i didn't you really felt the inflation on like the the elf makeup you were buying at the target in ohio no i didn't exactly that's why now it feels worse now we're an adult of course everything feels worse we got to buy adult things <laughs> now everything costs more um so we are back at the housing crisis but this time instead of like with the lehman brothers aig was not an investment bank 
Therefore, they didn't have a large portion of their assets in mortgage-backed securities. They did have some. We're not going to go over it. They did lose a lot of money on that separately in their investments portfolio, but whatever. Uh, They did, however, insure a large amount of mortgage-backed securities that investment banks did have. Um, And they did this through, and I'm going to mention these next parts for the finance nerds that maybe listen to this. I don't know if we have a lot, but they did it through credit default swaps on collateralized debt obligations. What is any of that? You don't need to know. (laughs) But what it boils down to is that these were insurance policies on mostly mortgage-backed securities that were held by investment banks. Well, when the housing market crashed in 2008, AIG had to pay out on a bunch of these insurance policies all at once. But because they had continually depleted their reserve funds, well, foreshadowing from earlier, they didn't have the liquidity to be able to pay up. And now this would be like if a health insurance company suddenly had a large number of their customers have massive heart attacks. So it would put a strain on any insurance company. But the way AIG over-invested while not keeping good reserves really put them in a pickle, and it was kind of their own fault in some way. Um, And their problems with this were twofold, because they also had a big part of their business in securities lending, where AIG would loan stock that uh, they had to somebody else, and then in return for the capital, they would invest that and try and make money on it before the person returned the stocks and they had to pay them back. Well, because of everything going on with AIG in their CDOs, their collateralized debt obligations, their credit got lowered from like AAA to AA minus or whatever. It went down. And everyone at once was like, oh, we want to terminate our contracts with you because now it was basically like a run on the bank. So we're like, well, we have all these securities from you, but we, we want our money back now. So they all kind of terminated the contracts, gave the stock back, and then they're um, required to pay them at that point, and they already didn't ha- didn't have enough money to pay out on those insurance policies. So now they doubly don't have enough money to pay all these people who want all of their money back now that AIG's credit got lowered. So these, plus a few other reasons, um, cause AIG to have what I can only be described as a really bad fucking year. <laughs> they did not do well. Uh, they actually posted the largest loss in corporate history at $99.2 billion oh in 2008 God. in losses. So they had about $1 trillion in assets. So that's like 10% of their assets in losses. Ooh. Which, I mean, goes without saying, it's bad. It is bad. <laughs> Even though we did say it. Uh, usually, this would mean your company's gone, right? No more company. Goodbye. You got to sell it. Uh, but oh, who's that? Who's that in the distance? Coming to save them? Riding a bald eagle and exploiting the poor? Obama. In oh a, wait, no, he didn't exploit the poor. In sorry. A, in a way, it's Uncle Sam, and this was when he was president. So kind of. Uh, That's right. Unlike with the Lehman Brothers, the United States government decided that AIG was too big to fail because if they went down, it would cause a huge domino effect where the investment banks whose assets were insured by AIG would just go next. So this was like the way to stop it before anything got worse. 
And who knows, maybe the entire Western world falls. So the Federal Reserve stepped in and initially agreed to acquire 79% of AIG in return for an $82 billion loan. But eventually, the Fed dumped around double that money into the company. It was like between $140 and $160 billion is what the Federal Reserve had to dump into AIG to make sure that they didn't go under that year. Damn. Now, there's a lot of debate over whether this was a good idea or not. And to be very honest with you, I don't know enough about macroeconomics to make that decision, but it's what happened. So you can debate it all you want. The government should have stepped should have stepped in, shouldn't have stepped in. They should have done differently. I don't know what well, they should have done. Well, what they should have done was never allow any of these companies to get to this point. Well, that we can agree with. Like, that's what, I mean, we've said that a hundred times on this podcast, that mm-hmm. no company should need to be bailed out. Like, no company should be too big to fail. Yeah. And that's what they could have done. They yeah, could have. shouldn't let insurance companies have $1 trillion in assets. Correct. That's um too much. Yeah. Um, that's what the government could have done. But. This is just bad business, though. Not, mm-hmm. not really controversy. The the real controversy about all this, like, like yes, they lost all this money, but it just was bad luck and bad business. They didn't do anything illegal. But the real controversy came the next year when the executives at AIG decided to divvy out $150 million in bonuses to themselves. Oh, after all that. Even though their decisions almost just directly caused the largest collapse in history and the corpse of the company was now being marionetted around by taxpayer dollars they were like yeah we'll pay out all of our executives 150 million in bonuses for this year what a horrible allocation of funds Mm -hmm. and obviously didn't go over so well no Uh, people were outraged and i genuinely think this is one of the only times that I saw politicians on both sides of the aisle agree so much on something. Um, both Republicans and Democrats hated AIG for doing this. Well, how can you not? You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, terrible move. Uh, I don't know who what they were thinking when this happened. Do you, do you think that maybe they were like, we're going to go under anyway, and then just divvied out all these bonuses? No, like, at, Do you think that might have been a thought? At that point, they weren't going to go under. Yeah, so I don't, it, or maybe they just, did they think people weren't going to find out? Or I bet you anything that $150 million in bonuses is actually quite a bit less than what they got previously, so they thought, oh, this is okay. Oh, because that's a good point. Because they're so rich, they make so much money, yeah. that they think $150 million isn't, isn't that, that much. much money, yeah. But it is yeah, no, it is. when you just had $150 billion given to you so you could still have your fucking job. Yeah. So, mm, uh, and politicians were so upset about this, actually, that the House passed a bill that would heavily tax bonuses on companies who received more than $5 billion in federal funds. But there was some debate about constitutionality about it, about, like, ex post facto laws, because they wanted to, like... They wanted to take the taxes out of the bonuses that were already paid, which technically is that you can't do that. You can't make laws for crimes that have already happened and then charge people with it. That's what ex post facto is. And there were some other constitutional arguments over it. So in the end, the executives agreed to pay back the large amount of the bonuses and they didn't pass any legislation, just the whole thing kind of blew over. It still has been a talk since then about like limiting bonuses and companies that have received more than $5 billion in federal aid. 
but I don't think they've passed anything on it. Just because, you know, politicians love French and board of directors mm-hmm. on the mouth. They do. It happens. Like Mitch McConnell fucking max out with Warren Buffett probably every day. Oh, my God. Yeah. They stroke each other. Yeah. And they just, try to get each other hard. And just like a weird... like Those like old wrinkly dicks. Yeah, I was about to say, imagine just like opening two uh, Pillsbury dough cans... Oh, and just like smushing them together. Like, oh yeah, he's like rub it all over me. That, it, yeah, that's what it, it pour on me. That's what it's like between Mitch McConnell and Warren Buffett. It's like so. oh, it's so thick and soft. Gross. Uh, yeah. <laughs> somehow rub it on my leg. Like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing just kind of blew over. Uh, also, the government actually did end up profiting off of this move. Because AIG majorly rebounded, bringing their stock back from near zero to viable, like almost what it was before, while also paying the government back by selling a bunch of its assets. And they paid them back more money than they took. They paid $22 billion in all right. in interest on top of the 140 or whatever billion they took. To all, right, all right, all right, So, not half bad, but the bonuses thing was kind of a dick move. And yeah, I think that's we can, a huge dick move. I think we can super agree about that. Uh, that being said... Some people did get some punishment for all this, although not enough, like usual. Uh, most of the justice came from the accounting scandal where the auditor of AIG, PricewaterhouseCooper, uh, also had to pay about $96 million, once again, without having to admit guilt. Uh, auditors never do that. They always settle without admitting guilt. It happens every time. Um, I didn't say this last week with the Rita Crundwell episode, but... Um so it was very interesting in this one documentary that I was watching that they were saying that only of like f- scandals like this, only 3% of them get caught by auditors. And the rest of them is usually by whistleblowers. Sounds about right. Isn't that crazy? 3%. The auditors, that's the thing though, is the, the way that they're, they're not benefited by calling people out. They're only, they only receive negative feedback if they ca- get caught not calling someone out. And they're the ones that call people, they're the ones that catch people most of the time. Because if they call someone out, they lose their business. Like if you if you give an unqual like if you give a qualified opinion on a company, they're not going to keep you as their auditor, and right. then you don't get paid by them anymore. Right. So the way the whole structure is set up is not conducive Mm-mm. for it to be good. I mean, ideally, right? This would be like government organizations that audit companies. Yeah. But we don't have enough money to do that. Yeah. So it is what it is. Um. So. They admitted guilt to the scam. Oh, wait. So PricewaterhouseCoopers paid a fine. Um, Hank Greenberg, after a long battle, also admitted guilt finally to orchestrating the accounting scandal in 2009. And he personally paid a $9 million fine uh, to resolve the case. Um, The VP at the time, Christian Milton, was actually sentenced to four years in prison on or in the same year as Hank Greenberg admitted guilt on charges of conspiracy, security fraud, and providing false statements. And Ron Ferguson of Gen Re, or on the Gen Re side, was also convicted and sentenced to two years in prison. All right, at least people went to jail. Ha, I'm fucking with you. No, they didn't. Oh. They actually were never in prison because a court of appeals overturned their convictions, saying the judge admitted certain evidence related to AIG stock fluctu- fluctuations that impartially biased the jury. So in the end, no justice was served. Great. No one we went to that. prison. We love that. Over 
any of this. Great. Billions they, of dollars. They just paid some fines. Great. Love it. Yeah. So Fuck yeah. So yay. So what did we learn today? Hmm? If you make the biggest mistake, just the biggest fucko boingo you could ever do, <laughs> as long as you monopolized enough, then the government will come to your rescue because they have to. We've said it so many times, as you mentioned already, and it feels cliche by now, but I'm going to say it again. Too big to fail means too big to exist. The best part of this story is that AIG had to sell a bunch of their assets, at least spreading it out a bit more so they don't just have all of it. But of course, they didn't sell them to normal people. Not a, a mom and pop didn't pick up the like housing insurance division of AIG when they sold it off. They sold it to other multi-billion dollar companies. So maybe it's not great. The hits just keep coming from the housing bubble in the Great Recession of 2008. And they won't stop coming. I about to say, it's not the first time we, we've, we've talked about it. It will not be the last. There will be more. So, I'll leave you today with this little piece of advice. The next time you buy a house or a car or go to the hospital, remember that you aren't just going to get fucked over on the price of any of those. But remember that you also have a company like AIG waiting in the dark, lubing up with some KY bought with the taxpayer money and wearing a strap-on made of exploitation, just chomping on the bit to fuck you on the insurance as well. Something's going up, and it isn't just your premiums. Nationwide's on your insides, and I couldn't think of a third one. So that's hey, where we'll end nice. it. Yeah, insurance will fuck you. Nationwide is on your insides. Yeah. Uh, like, like I thought, like, Allstate, you're in rough hands. I was like, no, no, that doesn't work. It's just not as good. What's progressives? I even have progressive. What is, all I know is flow. But what is, what is their thing? I don't know. I, moving forward is all I can think, and I'm like, I don't think that's it. I don't know. We know a thing or two because we fucked a thing or two. There we go. State Farm. Oh, yeah. Been around the block a few times. You know it. You know it. Uh, So thank you all so much for listening uh, to this episode on AIG. Fuckers, they're still around. They're still a huge company. They're still, in 2019, they were like 60th on the Forbes top. Damn. Like top 400 or whatever, the Forbes 400. So, yeah, they're still around. Nothing happened to them. They paid back the money. They still fuck people over constantly. So, it is what it is. Uh, Can't have shit. Can't have shit that's nice. Nope. So, whatever. So, if you like today's episode (laughs) and you want to support us, though, not AIG, then you can go ahead and uh, leave us a review. Uh, you can write a review. That's on Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Both of those have rating systems. That'd be great. We'd be super appreciative of it. Uh, you can also just subscribe or follow us on any of your podcasting services. Um, I finally got a little bit back to catching up with our YouTube channel. So you can go check us out over there at Entertainment Buffet. We just had some videos dropped. We'll have some more videos dropping uh, this week. So if for some reason you jumped into this episode on audio but want to go back and watch the videos from the previous episodes because they are not released concurrently, you can do that. You can see what faces we make 
while we're doing this show. We don't pay that much of attention to it. So they're probably weird, like that one right now, actually. Um, so you can go ahead and do that. You can also support us for free by just uh, following us or interacting with us on our socials. It's facebook.com slash white collars red hands. Instagram at white collars underscore red hands. Twitter at white collars pod. You can find us on TikTok, white collars red hands. You can also find our website, white collars red hands. Dot com And there, if you do go there, there's a little button up top that says check out our merch. We are selling merch through Public. The link is in the show description. Also, if you want to do it that way, uh, buy a hoodie, buy a mug, buy a mouse pad, buy a sticker, buy a tote bag. There's so many things that you can buy over there at Public, and that supports us directly. So that would be super cool of you. Another great way to support us, tell a friend, you know, um, tie a pair of headphones to their head and like staple them to a chair like a weird saw game and just play all of our episodes to increase our listener count. They would love that. That'd be awesome. Um, if that happens, of course, uh, legally that was a joke, uh, but do it, do it. Uh, it would help us in a way. Uh, is there, is there any other, I don't think is there so. any other, nothing I'm missing? It felt quick today. Did it I just like, did I just quick. bang it out? I think you banged it out. Damn. Love that. Too much myself. lube. Ended too quick. Too much lube bought on the bought on the taxpayer's dime. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, on that note, uh, I hope you learned a little something about science today. Bill Nye. Call me Bill Nye. No, call me Miss Frizzle. Uh-huh. All right, Miss Frizzle. Let's get out of here. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week on another episode of White Collars, Red, Red Hands. Hands.